It is the Colby Daniels Podcast. It is Wednesday, which means MMA episode with my co-host, Will Brewer. Will, what is happening, my friend? Man, uh, I'm still, I guess I'm still on the high from these last few pay-per-views and then this fight night that just passed. I mean, we've had some spectacular fights. Uh, we've been spoiled after all those weeks that we were kind of complaining about the cars not being whatever. And now these last three three Saturdays, we have been treated to some epic, epic fights. Uh, we're we've been spoiled, man. I'm I'm on a high still, yeah. and uh, I'm I'm very excited for Saturday, even though maybe I shouldn't be, but <laughs> I'm very excited for Saturday still. Yeah, I mean, look, we are uh, we're winding down what has been an exceptional year in the UFC. There's a handful of cards left, and then we're gonna have that that however many week gap between fight cards. So I am uh, I'm taking it all in. There's not nearly the star power coming up this Saturday, but. You know, they're, they're throttling us down the right way, right? You have the back-to-back pay-per-views that were both just solid gold from start to finish. And then the first time that you give us, you know, a, quote, fight night card, um, the card from start to finish wasn't full of blockbusters, but you wrap it up with one of the top five superstars in the entire sport. And now we're taking, you know, that next step down. I, I would say that this card is probably better than the star power of the main event. But... I think in comparison to the last three weeks, it's it's fair to say, yeah, it's it's nowhere in the same ballpark. Yeah, no, nowhere in the same ballpark, but still some uh, some solid fights, yeah. uh, a lot to look forward to, um, a lot of implications in the in these divisions, some young rising prospects to look at. So, I mean, I guess this is on par with some of the fight nights that we've seen um, in the past, uh, you know, in, in the coming months or in the months before. Uh, it's a solid night of fights that we would say uh, on these fight nights earlier just it's a solid night of fights um not anything that'll blow your hair back as far as star power but there's still uh, a lot of solid uh matchups to look forward to absolutely man absolutely and look i think as we kind of get close to the end of the year there are so many scrambles as far as like trying to make fights before the year ends excuse me and certain uh certain individuals wanting to get another fight before this year ends that uh I think just the buzz around the sport right now for for how 2021 could conclude, regardless of which fights have actually been booked at this point, is kind of an exciting part of this whole finale. Yeah, man. I mean, th- this year, this entire year from January to, to now, I mean, we have been... We have been spoiled, man. Just, just thinking back to all of the fights. And this year's went by so fast. I mean, I feel like Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, the first paper or the first fight night uh, of the year. ABC. It feels like it was like a couple weeks ago, yeah. man. Like that. It feels like it feels like it was just so recent. All these cards, like Israel Adesanya and Jan Blahovic, seems like it was just yesterday. Um, all these fights, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, uh, like they fight. They fought twice this year. <laughs> It's it's crazy to even think about uh, all of the fight. Kamara Usman's fought three times this year. It's just it's crazy, man. Did you see the pay per view numbers for twenty twenty one? I haven't. Okay, man. there's a I'll, I'll I'll have to find it. There's a graphic going around Twitter that has the top. I think it was the top six pay per view buys of twenty twenty one. And number one was one of the the Dustin Connor fights, and it was one point eight million. Number two was the other Connor Dustin fight, and it was one point six million. <laughs> of course. And then number three, I believe, was Adesanya Yan, and it was like eight hundred thousand. It's like half. Number three was like half what the number two <laughs> Dustin Connor fight was. I mean, that's just the that's what Connor McGregor brings to you. Yep. Love him or hate him, you want to watch him. Uh, 
I mean, regardless of how you feel his skills are or what he, uh, how outlandish the things that he says are, um, at the end of the day, you want to watch him. He's the biggest superstar in the sport. Um, Israel Adesanya, I mean, even though it's half of what Conor McGregor brings, you can tell like he's a superstar in the sport. People want to watch him as well. Um, I think Usman's on his way up to, to that. Uh, of course, you got Masvidal who's, who's in there too. But like, I think that just goes to show uh, Conor McGregor is a big superstar. Um, he'll sell out any arena that he goes to. Uh, you know, I find it pretty interesting on these uh, Twitter wars that he that he has. I mean, he's trying to keep himself relevant, but I'm like, bro, you're going to be relevant no matter if you take six months away from social media or if you continue to tweet. I guess it's just whatever he does. I guess he's just bored. I mean, when you have that much money, you got to do something. But I mean, Conor McGregor is I feel like he's fighting to stay relevant when he doesn't even have to. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that he doesn't have to, but. Like, he's going to sell no matter what, but the reality is this is a guy that uh, is always one win away, right, because of the star power, and if that starts to slip, you're no longer one win away, right? So I think what he's doing is he's not only, he doesn't have to stay relevant, but, like, you don't want that star power to ever show signs of decline, and we're seeing hit maybe, maybe, I, I'm not saying we are or aren't, but maybe we're seeing the first signs of of you know, fighter decline. And if that happens, what's the number one way that you stay the same level of superstar in the sport? It's do what ex- exactly he's been doing for the last six months. It's as Chael Sonnen called it, uh, being a rich little weirdo. And, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's literally in the MMA, at least at the top or in the top two, th- two or three bullet points every single week of the MMA news cycle. Yeah. And, and I mean, even if he wasn't, which it's I you're right. It's good that he is. It it keeps him relevant. It keeps uh people intrigued in what he's got going on. But you know, there's people who who are still calling him out too. Like Max Holloway uh, is still talking about Connor. Uh, Michael Chandler's talking about Connor. I mean, Hamza Shemaev is is throwing throwing his two cents in about Connor. Like everyone is still uh talking about Connor. I mean, of course, Tony Ferguson's talking about Connor. So, um, he's going to stay relevant. There's going to be fights out there for him. Like. And there's not going to be a single person who wouldn't want to fight Conor McGregor. Right. Uh, featherweight, middleweight, welterweight, light, whatever the division Conor McGregor wants to go to, everyone's going to be lining up to, to fight Conor McGregor because of the money. Um, so there's still, there's still a lot out there for him, for sure. Same reason everybody wants to fight Jake Paul, on top of the fact that he's a tool. But Absolutely, yeah. Payday, <laughs> baby, payday. These guys aren't, I mean, I think we all want to believe like, you know, these guys show up to the gym every day and it's, it, you know, it's, they're only there to become the greatest fighter in the world, right? Like these guys are financially motivated like the rest of us. They just happen to do it in, in, you know, a more competitive environment that also provides us all with massive amounts of entertainment. We all got to work, man. We all, we all do what we do to make that dollar. Speaking of that, like what do you make of this, uh, Darren Williams, Frank Gore boxing match? I I'm it's for it's weird but <laughs> I'm I'm kind of intrigued because when I first heard this I thought a hey, Frank Gore to me doesn't seem like the kind of dude that's just going to go do something like this for the hell of it or the kind of guy that's going to go do something like this just to get a paycheck like I feel like there's got I don't know I could be completely wrong about Frank Gore but I just kind of get the feeling like there's at least something there for the guy self-belief or whatever it is that like motivates him beyond just like wanting to go be a sideshow. So initially I thought, 
I mean, Frank Gore's not taking this thing unless he's a killer. So he's going to kill this dude. And then I, I wasn't aware that Darren Williams was uh, involved in, uh, oh, what's the Dallas gym? I, I don't know. I, I was hoping that you knew it, but he owns, or like he either owns part of that gym or something like right, that. Yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's big into MMA. Yeah, it's the, I'm blanking on uh, uh, Fortis MMA. Fortis MMA, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so apparently, like, I'd never even heard his name attached to them. And, you know, like, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty well-known name in the MMA community. I'd never heard his name attached to that. And apparently he works out all the time. And I don't know. I mean, he's a big dude, right? Like, the guy's a big yeah. guy. Uh, so, I, you know what? I'm kind of intrigued. I, I hate that I'm intrigued, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I like this just because I know that Darren Williams has been training uh, for for years, like this isn't just something that he's just getting into, uh, like Nate Robinson did. So, like right. I think when it comes to like the sport of of basketball, wanting someone to go out there and represent them, I think Darren Williams is like the best uh, person that you could have, or one of the best uh, people that you could have go out there to represent um, and actually have like a, a decent showing. I think he'll actually go out there and know what he's doing as far as uh, like angles and technique and stuff like that whereas Nate Robinson was kind of going out there just uh kind of street fighting in a way yeah like I'm a uh, better athlete Jake... than you so I'm gonna beat your ass type thing exactly and, and and Jake Paul like he knew whenever Nate Robinson was coming in like oh god I'm just gonna <laughs> knock yeah. his dude upside the head and you saw and you saw what happened uh Nate Robinson got dropped many times so I, I think at least Darren Williams is gonna know what he's doing and I'm sure you know Frank Gore he's a he's a tank of a man I mean <laughs> Uh, you you see what he's what he's done in his NFL career. He's a tremendous athlete. Uh, so I'm hoping that this is going to turn out to be something uh, worth watching. I hope it's not just a, a shit show. Oh, dude, but it's going to suck. I, trust me. Like I know <laughs> that it's going to suck. I, I'm just saying I'm intrigued by it. Like I know there's no question this is going to be a horrible fight. Yeah. Well, well I, I meant more <laughs> so like I. Okay, I get. I'm with you. It's going to be a horrible fight. Yeah. But I'm I'm just I'm just hoping that it's just not like. I hope that they show signs that they know what they're doing right, more right. so. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be a, a back-and-forth technical fight where everyone's just like, oh, my gosh, like, these guys are so good. I just hope that they uh, that they represent themselves well. That's it. Agreed. Agreed. I hate that I want to see this. And, and I, like, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Like, we're going to watch that, and we're going to be like, can we please stop having these non-boxers box each other again? <laughs> like, I already know what's going to happen. I know what I'm going to say immediately following the fight, but here I am. Even seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I know I'm going to be like, why is there light at the end of the tunnel? Because <laughs> at yeah, least in this know, regard, Will, I'm a sheep, man. I hate it. I'm a sheep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, like you said, Darren Williams is is a big guy. Yeah. Like, this is, a, this is a heavyweight fight. Darren Williams might, he might look small on TV, like when people would watch him play, but that's because, like, he's playing with seven footers and yeah. guys are six, seven, six, eight. Like, when you see Darren Williams in person, that, that's, a, that's a big dude. Uh, and same thing with Frank Gore. He may not be as tall, but Frank Gore is is uh, solid. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how it's going to all play out. Um, I, you know, Darren Williams played with my cousin, so I like I, I like the guy. You know, I've met him many times, so I, I'm kind of pulling for him. I hope he does well. But uh, yeah, I, I just hope it's not a complete shit show. But I'm sure uh, part of me is going to be like, fuck, compared to what I'm used yeah. to seeing, this shit is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I said this on the show last week because we talked about this on the radio show last week. I know you know this, but like even when I said it out loud, it's kind of mind blowing to think about. Darren Williams was in the same NBA draft class as Chris Paul. That's right. 
That's right. Dang, I didn't even. Wow. It feels like Darren yeah, Williams hey. has been out of the league for like 20 <laughs> years. And Chris Paul's still balling out in the MVP conversation a year ago. And those dudes came into the league the same draft class. Yeah, and, and there was they were neck and neck like for, for years, like on who was the best point guard. Yeah. Uh like Chris Paul and Darren Williams would go back and like when they would play each other, it was always a treat because they would go back and forth crossing each other up, uh uh scoring on each other, just going back and forth. Uh and then, you know, Darren Williams, you know, his career went down the down the tool or down the toilet because of injuries and stuff. Yeah. And then he uh eventually got out of the league. But you know, Chris Paul's had some injuries too, and he's always came back. You know, he's made the necessary changes with his diet. He's a, like he's a vegan now, and like his longevity, man, he's still doing it. You know, just took the Phoenix Suns, who who didn't make the playoffs two years ago, uh, took him to the finals. So it just goes to show when he was in OKC, everyone thought that OKC wasn't going to make the playoffs, but he took them to the playoffs, and they were uh, the, like the fourth or fifth seed at that. So yeah, uh, yeah Chris Paul's still doing it, man. Uh, it's crazy. Crazy. Same draft class. Uh, all right, uh, a, a few items I want to hit before we rewind to uh, what was unexpectedly, at least for me, a great main event last Saturday. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but how about the Wolf Will, Hamzat Shemaev. Uh Speaking of weekly headlines, I mean, Hamzat is there right next to Connor every single week, and uh, you look at that welterweight division and obviously the conversations around Leon Edwards potentially, uh, getting that that fight back with Hamzat from December of 2020. Now the Masvidal's out. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Gilbert Burns says, "I'm your Huckleberry. Let's do this." And uh, <laughs> I think it's a horrible matchup for Gilbert Burns. I want to see the fight, though. I would love to see the fight. Odds makers. Well, I sent you the screenshot last night. What was it? Hamzat minus like 360. Yeah, uh, three. Uh, I think it was minus 350. But like, Hamzat man. minus 325, and they have Burns yeah, yeah. plus 275. That's a guy that fought for a title a few months ago. And Hamza Chemaev has four UFC fights. <laughs> Look, um, I, I'm with everyone with this uh, Hamza hype. Um, you know, until I see it derailed, um, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm with everyone on this hype. And I think this is a horrible matchup for Gilbert. But I do think there's a there's a silver like There's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, and I think there's on, it's only one type of light like it's, it's, a, it's a dim light it's a it's a light that's very very far but his jujitsu it's world class like when people talk about Gilbert Burns jujitsu they're talking about it as like he's one of the best in the, in the world regardless of weight class like Gilbert Burns jujitsu is is top notch and I think if this fight does go if this fight goes to the ground which I'm sure that it will at some point because Hamza is just that dominant on the ground uh with his takedowns then Gilbert's gonna have a chance to to catch Hamza in a in a in a position, rock him up in a choke, and then uh, submit him. You know, I think that is his only way to victory. Because let's let's be real, Gilbert Burns used to fight at lightweight, and and Hamza is, is a big dude. Yeah, uh, I think Hamza is is going to have the size advantage, and he's going to uh, have the strength advantage. Um, I, I I don't think uh, Gilbert should want to stay on, be on the feet. I, I I actually think he should welcome the takedown and um, try to get a submission. That I think that's his best uh, path to victory. Hamzat uh, can fight at one eight. I think Hamzat could be a problem at one eighty five. Exactly. And Gilbert Burns. I mean, as Colby Covington <laughs> says, is a lightweight. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I thought about when I when uh this when you sent me that screenshot, I'm like, well, yeah, like Hamzat is uh, is a big dude, and Gilbert is is like. I don't think he's cutting any weight to make 170. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, I, 
I don't care who it's against. I'm watching Hamza Chemaev in the octagon, but I mean, you start talking about Hamza Chemaev versus top five welterweights. I mean, let's main event that sucker, package it up now, make the posters. Let's do this thing. I'm yeah. in. And that look, that's that's the one fight away from punching a title ticket, I think. Yeah, I mean, because Gilbert's what two, like two or three, uh, with his ranking in the, yeah. in the division. I mean, with how big uh, Hamzat Star is becoming, uh, if he gets to win in the top five, that's a that warrants a title shot. I would argue I mean, right it, now Hamzat Chimaev is a bigger draw than Leon Edwards. You agree or no? I 100% agree. Yeah. I, I, there are definitely more people who want to see Hamzat Chimaev fight than Leon Edwards, like e- easily. Current welterweight rankings. Kamaru's the champ, Colby Covington one, Gilbert Burns two, Leon Edwards three. Hamza Chimaev, being the force that he is, being the draw that he is, beats the number two welterweight in the division. There is no way that Leon Edwards, who lost his Masvidal fight, once again being completely unlucky and having no momentum right now, would stay in front of Hamza Chimaev in the eyes of the UFC for the next welterweight contender. If I'm if I'm Leon Edwards, I am trying hard, very, very hard to get this fight uh, with Usman booked, like I think, yes. um, I think with this Masvidal uh, situation, like he even tweeted, like, all right, Masvidal, he doesn't want to fight, so uh, I'm I'm looking for the title shot. If I'm Leon Edwards, I'm trying to, you know, no matter if it's booked in May, June, whatever the case is, um, Leon Edwards should try to get this fight with Usman booked immediately because I'm sure uh, Burns and, and and Hamza is going to be booked for like February or March, something like that. Um, if I'm Leon, I'm like, all right. Let's get this. Let's get the contract signed. Let's get this. Uh, whatever we got to do, let's get it done now. Chimaev wants it before the end of the year, buddy. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh man. So, I mean, if, if that fight, if this fight happens before the end of the year, then man, Leon might be out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Leon might be out of luck. If Hamza has another dominant performance, I mean, and even if it's even if he just wins, um. The UFC is going to want to capitalize on that star that they have with Hamza and want to put him in there with uh, with Usman. But, you know, Dana said that he wanted to put him in there with a top 10 guy first. Yeah. But, I mean, it looks like that's just out of the picture now. <laughs> he, I <laughs> like, think he you know? does. But if Gilbert Burns is offering his services, you're not going to turn that down, right? Like, ideally, I think you want to give him a top 10 guy because nobody in the top five would want to take him. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Neil Magny's been trying to get him to fight. Uh, is trying to... Uh, He's been calling for Hamza since the beginning. You yeah. know, since Hamza's been on this run, his stars been rising. Neil Magny's like, I'll fight him. You know, the all the times Leon and Hamza, you know, kept falling off. Neil Magny was still over there saying, I'll fight him, I'll fight him, I'll fight him. And still, even now, after he beat uh, the leech, uh, Neil Magny's still saying, I'll fight him. But like you said, if Gilbert Burns is offering his services, you can't. <laughs> There's no way. Like, Gilbert Burns, Hamza, Neil Magny, Hamza. I mean, Neil Magny's great and everything, but... Yeah. Definitely give me uh, Gilbert Burns and Hamza for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, this is one of those things. It's it's a little bit like the college football playoff, right? Like, you can have the conversation of who's the most deserving or, like, you know, which way should it go. The UFC is about making money, you know? Like, yeah. we can, we can you know, the sportsmanship and the way that, that, like, the sport should work and rankings and numbers and who gets their opportunity and all that, like, we all understand how that should go. But there are guys that bring star power that, you know, go against the rules because at the end of the day, this is about making money and it's about delivering a product that is going to make you more money every time you deliver it. And Hamza Chimaev does that. Yeah, like like that's why Conor McGregor is only one fight away Boom. from uh, a title shot. Yeah. And 
and why Tony Ferguson, as great as he is, had to fight, had to be on like a 10 fight winning streak or whatever the case was before he even got an interim title shot. Right. Um, same thing with, with Masvidal. Like, you know, he got two title shots back to back because of uh, how big of a star he was. If that was anybody else, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's why Nate Diaz is one win away from a from a, a title <laughs> shot in two divisions. Like, <laughs> right. He could get a win at 155 and, t- and fight for the title next. And at 170, he can fight for the title next. Like, it's it's right. crazy how it works. But that's just how um, the UFC is, man. They they see what they have with these paper with these guys who can sell pay-per-views. Uh, they know that the crowd is going to want to see the Nate Diaz's of the world fight. Um, and and there's these guys who are out there who are tremendous fighters. Leon Edwards, for example, yes. who's one who's unbeaten in his last 10 fights, who deserves a title shot. But then you, you got Hamza Shemaev over here who just is setting the world by storm and who and who everyone wants to see fight Kamaru Usman. Uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's not right. But like when you really look at it, you're like, OK, I could get behind this. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just uh, I just found that top pay per views of 2021. So it was UFC 264, the rematch, uh, or I guess the the third the third in the trilogy, the rematch in 2021. McGregor Poirier 1.8 million. McGregor Poirier in January was 1.6 million. Blahovich Adesanya 800k. Usman Masvidal 2 700k. Adesanya Vittori 600k. Oliveira Chandler 300k. Those are your top six. So the sixth best pay-per-view of the year was 300,000 buys. And the, por- the, the second of the two Poirier-McGregor fights, 1.6. That's, in, that's in, wow. <laughs> that's insane, yeah. man. I mean, yeah, Connor is, a, Connor is a star, man. Like I said, like you see Adesanya. Like Adesanya sold, li- sold like that with Vittori. I mean, granted, Nate Diaz helped out a lot, but yes. Adesanya being on the top of the bill with Vittori, that shows like uh, how big of a star he's becoming too. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of surprised by that one, but yeah, you just said one of the the magic names that one thousand <laughs> percent helps that headliner. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's wild, and you know, it's like Leon Edwards' name. You know, if you're if you're looking at MMA headlines and Leon Edwards does an interview. Like, how many people are clicking that versus seeing, like, Colby Covington do an interview or Hamza Chemaev do an interview or Conor McGregor do an interview? Like, there's just the overall consumption of these athletes, like, matters in the grand scheme of things. That's why I don't know how many people, like, pay attention to these MMA guys and their Twitter follows. And, and there are people that post these things all the time. Like, for example, Hamza Chemaev's Twitter follows are, like, ridiculous. The reason that's relevant is because that's the amount of people that are paying, trying to get consumption of that product. Right, it's only one platform, but it's relevant because if Hamza Chimaev in four fights in the UFC since last summer, and he's been out for almost a year, has more followers than Kamaru Usman right now on Twitter. <laughs> like that, that speaks volumes to what you can do from a selling standpoint with that guy in a main event. Uh, for sure, and and the UFC pays attention to that. Like Dana White, like he'll he'll even say like this video of this guy and this guy got one million. Uh, uh, YouTube uh, views or uh, this tweet got this many uh, interactions or something like that. Like yeah. um, they pay attention to that. And it, it's no secret that they see something special in, in Hamza um, with his fighting style, with uh, what he says, like everything. There's so much to like um, about Hamza Shemaev and uh, Leon Edwards. They're like you, like you always say, they're trying to get, to get him views, <laughs> yeah. looks like they're trying really hard. Um, Whenever there's an interview uh, with Leon Edwards, like you have to put like 
that he said something about Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz or something yeah. just to get just to get views. Like you really have to spice up the headline to get to get these looks. And uh, it, it sucks that he's like that that it's like that for him because he's such a, a good fighter. But um, there's just not um, many people who are just dying to watch a Leon Edwards right. fight. And I mean, he had his chance with Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz left the bigger star. <laughs> and then uh, you were hoping that this fight with Masvidal would get him that rub, as you would say in the uh, WWE um, language. But there you would um, you, you would hope that uh, that Masvidal would give him the rub. But now that fight's off. Uh, so I mean, if I'm Leon, I'm just I'm just saying fuck it. Let me just do my best to get this title shot. Uh, if not. I'm sure that there's going to be some type of scenario where Hamzat's going to uh, slide in and steal the the title shot. It's so. it's absolutely if if Hamzat Chimaev fights Gilbert Burns before Leon Edwards books a title fight, Hamzat Chimaev right. will jump the line. So I I mean I, like I, legitimately, if you are in Leon Edwards' corner, I'm asking you this: you're you're in his corner, you're advising him on this situation. Would you tell him, hey, go fight Luke now? Like you may you may get skipped over in this process. By sitting on the sideline, uh, man. If I'm look, Leon's already beat Luke. There's not re- there's not really many fights out there for for Leon yeah. that make sense. The only one is Masvidal because of the the, the backstory, like the whole three piece and the soda, like right. and how big of a superstar Masvidal is. That'll just add you know to Leon Edwards. Like he needs that rub. But outside of that, there's not really anything. That really makes sense. Like, why? I mean, of course, like a, a Hamzat fight might do that for him, but that's not a winnable fight for him. Like, Masvidal is a fight that Leon Edwards is going to be favored in as a winnable fight. If I'm if I'm his uh, if I'm advising him, I'm telling him to to try really hard to get this Usman to get people behind the Usman fight because if not, if there's not really people who are really want to see it, because at this point, I think people are just really feel bad for Leon Edwards. So there's like a lot of the MMA media and uh, commentators who are just like, man, for sure. Leon Edwards has been so so unlucky this year. Like he's done this, 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 and this. Like just give him the title shot. But then there's like there's a whole world of people who see Hamza and they're just like, you know, Kamar Usman's looked dominant, but I don't know if he could do that to him. And they're not really saying that about Leon Edwards. Like you, Usman already beat Leon Edwards, and this is a fresh matchup, Usman and, and Hamza. So there's a lot of people where I want to see Hamza fight Usman. So if I'm advising Leon, I'm trying to get this fight with Usman booked immediately, uh, no matter if it's six months out, a year out. For sure. Yeah, like, just just get that fight booked and then worry about everything else afterwards. Yeah, I mean, look, that's option A, but if they're, if they're saying we're not going to book anything yet, like, I, I mean, there's not many options to potentially help your cause, and I think Luke is about the only option. Or I guess, I mean, Colby Covington maybe, if... If you could pull that off quickly, but otherwise, I mean, it's, uh, I'm like, I'm looking at the rankings. I mean, obviously we're talking about Burns and Chemayev getting a fight done in this scenario. Uh, Wonderboy is about to fight Bilal. Kiesa's fighting this weekend. Masvidal's the guy that just pulled out. I don't know that you really gain a ton of momentum from a Magni win or Jeff Neal or anybody lower than that. Like I know he's fought Luke, but it's been four years and at least it's a top five guy that potentially gives, I mean, what he needs is momentum is my point. And yeah, you're just not going to get any if the, if you can't get a title fight booked, and they say we want to wait and see what happens with Chimaev. Like odds are, you're just out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. If if uh, if that's the case, if they're like, let me just wait and see, then I would try to get the Masvidal fight rebooked. 
um, just wait until Masvidal is is healthy or whatever the case is. But I actually I really think that Masvidal pulled out because uh, there there's a new season of tough approaching. Yes, and they're gonna try to do um, Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington as the coaches. Bigger pay, yeah. I mean, they're trying to get people to watch uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, uh, Volkanovski and Ortega. I mean, we watched it because we're hardcore fans, but like not many people watched it. But if there's Jorge Masvidal, Kobe Covington, then they're gonna watch that. So yeah, this this kind of feels like Leon Edwards is just in a terrible position, <laughs> and then he's gonna get royally screwed. But I'm hoping that there's enough sympathy out there for all the shit that he's had to go through that they're just like, okay, let's get this Leon title fight out of the way, and then let's uh let's look to the future with with Hamzat. I mean. If 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 he can't get the fight with uh with Usman booked, then Leon's gonna have to. I think he has to try to get Masvidal. If that doesn't work, then then I would go Luke. But you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's tough. I'm already I'm already starting to feel bad for Leon. I, I already I'm, do because I'm I, like I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I really feel like it's like this is we're predicting the future. Yeah, I really feel like it's gonna happen. I, look, I'm a I'm I'm in the like sympathy for Leon club right like I feel for the guy we've talked about it for over a year year and a half like we're both members of the I feel bad for Leon club he's the most unlucky guy in the sport but like literally right now if the UFC came to me and said tomorrow you can either watch Kamaru Usman Hamza Chemaev or Kamaru Usman Leon Edwards my answer is I want to see I want to see Hamza Chemaev Kamaru Usman like and I'm in the sympathy club yeah and and as much as I'm on Leon's side with this, if the UFC asked me that same question, I would say, let me see Usman exactly. and Hamza Shemaya. Exactly. And it, it, it's tough because I, I feel like I'm just like, I'm standing behind him like, Leon, right. we, we got to get Leon this title fight. But I, I, on the same hand, I'm just like, ah, you know, Hamza's over there. He's looking dominant. You know, I would love to see Usman and, and Shemaya. But uh, it's, it's tough for Leon, man. I feel for the guy. Speaking tough. of uh, future odds, I don't know if you saw this today. Um James Lynch tweeted this out. Max Holloway, Conor McGregor. Future odds have Max as a minus 220 favorite, plus 175 for Conor McGregor if that fight were to be booked. Now, that this fight, that fight would be interesting. Um, I know that Max has grown as a fighter. Conor's grown as a fighter. Conor beat him on a torn ACL or, or whatever the injury was. Um, I think now... Um, it would be very interesting because Connor is a power puncher and Max is a volume puncher, which is kind of what we saw in the in the first fight. Connor's punches just had more of an effect. And Max uh, is is used to his rhythm and everything, but yeah. it, I, you can throw Max off of his rhythm with power, and that's what Connor has. So um, if Connor doesn't gas out, and I'm sure this will be a main event, five rounds, if Connor doesn't gas out, I like his chances. I don't. I think that this fight should be more of a pick 'em because of uh, Connor's power. Um, Max has championship experience and uh, and all this. He knows how to navigate through a five round uh, fight. But I think at lightweight, uh, it's different than featherweight. You know, these guys like look back to the Dustin Poirier fight. How Dustin Poirier's shots was having an effect on Max. Yeah. And, and Max is so tough that he that he weathered the storm and then eventually came on in later rounds. But when when Dustin was was fresh and those and those shots had some pop behind them, like Max was <laughs> Max was wobbled multiple times, and I think um, Connor would be able to do something similar. Max still put on a hell of a show in that that fight, and that was a great sure. fight. But you never really felt yeah. like Max was going to put Dustin away. I would say 
Dustin, I mean, we know this. Dustin's way more well-rounded than Conor McGregor is. I think Conor would have to knock Max out, something that's never been done, because I think even though those shots would have an impact, at this point in their careers, I think Max is so much better than he was at that point. I don't think Conor's near where he was at that point. If you don't knock him out, like, you may be having some impact, but I don't know that you're winning three or five rounds against Max Holloway if, if, if that thing's going to judge his scorecards. Well, I, I guess going back to the Dustin fight, Dustin was was cracking him until he got kind of fatigued. Yeah. Uh, and I think with the, those rounds that he was able to crack him and, and kind of wobble him kind of got him the decision. And, uh, you know, of course, he did just enough in one of those uh, last rounds just to uh, just to get the decision. But, yeah, you know, I, I guess now, um, you know, thinking about it more, how how long will Connor have that pop? Yeah, because even even Dustin, for how great he is, like Max's pace kept up the whole time. Yeah. And even even Dustin was kind of, you know, slowing down towards the end of the right. third. And, you know, Max was starting to pour it on. Connor gasses out way easier than uh, than Dustin Poirier would. So uh, you're right. You know, if Connor's not able to knock him out, it's going to be a very long night. And we see Max get stronger as the rounds go, goes on. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about Max and Yair, but. You see it in, in in a lot of Max's fights. Like he starts slow in the first round, like that. That's the round to go at him. Yeah. But if you if you don't get it done, <laughs> you've got a long yeah. four rounds ahead of you. So yeah, you know Connor's gonna have to knock him out early because if not, Max is just, it's gonna keep coming and the volume's gonna keep going. Just just ask Calvin Cater and Brian Ortega what happened <laughs> when Max got his rhythm going. Amen. Amen. Um, I was gonna segue that into Max Yair, but I just remembered one thing. Uh, so I'll hit that real quick. I don't know if you caught this, but Yuri Prohaska said that if they can't uh, get this uh, this uh, 205 title fight booked soon, he wants to fight someone, and he's willing to take on a top five guy before that if they can't get something done like very quickly. So I respect the hell out of that, right? He's like, I'm yeah, ready to fight. Man, like, I, I want to go fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you have a title fight, I like if it were me and I, like and I was advising Yuri, I would say, hell no. Yeah, you're Wait waiting. for that yeah. fight. <laughs> but it just goes to show how tough he is, how confident he is in his own abilities, that he's willing to go out there fight a top five guy and really, really solidify him being the number one guy. Even though uh, there's many people out there who wouldn't even blink if he said, "I'm waiting." But the fact that he's even considering wanting to take another fight that just goes to show how tough he is. And now. Uh, this light heavyweight division, it's starting to uh, starting to grow some legs, you know. Like uh, Jan's lose just lost, so like he's gonna be fighting a top contender. Uh, you know, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rakic. You know, you still got Dominic Reyes in the mix. Like this, this division is starting to get uh, loaded with with talent. You know, it's not it's not on par with with 155 or 135 by any stretch. But it, you know, after being ruled by John Jones and DC for for all those years. You know, now it's starting to get kind of respectable. You yeah. know, Glover's the champion now. And, you know, I don't know how, how long he wants off. Uh, you know, he's been cutting weight and fighting and everything pretty actively since the pandemic. So um, I'm sure he might want some time off, you know, a little victory tour, if you will. But uh, if Yuri wants to fight again, I would love to see him because that he's he's as exciting as anyone uh, as anyone is in the sport right now. So I would love to see uh, Yuri fight another top five guy. Yeah. And look, that might just be because his corner is like, there's no way that you're going to fight before a title fight. So maybe you're able to just say, I want to fight knowing that it's not going to happen. But regardless, it's a good look, right? Like, it's just a good look for that guy to be like, 
I'm ready to fight, and if I need to fight somebody before we can get a title fight booked, I'm willing to do it. But saying it and uh, it actually happening, I guess, are, are two different things. But either way, I thought I respect the hell out of that. All right, let's rewind to Saturday. Well, uh, this was a great, and I mean great fight. And part of it, maybe for me, on top of the fact that it was a great fight, was it was a completely unexpected great fight. Because a week ago at this time, I and this isn't a negative on Yair as much as it's just the guy hasn't been in the octagon for two years. You're about to fight Max Holloway, who's coming off the greatest singular performance that I've ever seen in UFC history. The guy's pace is too much for the best of the best that are active, much less a guy that hasn't been in there in two years. I just thought, what a horrible matchup for your first time back in the octagon for two years. You just have to go for Max Holloway, who's never been finished, and is just going to put like this insane output on you from start to finish. And so I just didn't think it was going to be a super competitive fight. I thought that we would see Yair do some wild things in the first round and that it would basically be Max domination the rest of the way. And Yair Rodriguez, I mean, this is a little bit like the Brian Ortega uh, Volkanovsky fight. Like Yair Rodriguez walks away from this, I think a much more popular fighter than he came into it despite the loss. Yeah, like all all those things add up. Like the the betting lines were were crazy. Like Max was like a minus seven hundred yeah. on some uh, betting lines. Like it, it was just crazy. And like you said, Max's performance against Cater was one of the greatest ever. Um, Yair's been off for two years. You know he hasn't really fought anyone on Max's level. Um, you so you don't really expect. And then there's been a lot of talk about his mental toughness. Like there's been mixed reactions on like. On Yair's mental toughness, you've heard you've heard people say that he's 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 tough, but then you hear people say like ah, you know, um, when the going gets tough, Yair fades. Um, so with all that, like I was expecting Max, you know, to go out there and just kind of have his way. Um, I'm sure a majority of the world did, but like you said, Yair fought a great fight, really took it to Max, and and there was times when you really thought like Yair might like he's so fast like he might catch him with something that he chance, doesn't see yeah. and he he has a chance like uh there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't a time when you thought that Yair was out of the fight or that he even wanted out of the fight um he gained a lot of respect a lot of fans um i think i texted you after this like great fight there are no losers right <laughs> i mean regardless of who won uh nobody lost this one it's like what we just watched with Max Chandler won. Gaethje right like Absolutely. Same, same thing. Like the fight was so good. Yeah. Um, someone's going to get their hand raised, but you just really want to applaud both guys for that epic performance. It was, it was off the charts. Good. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And look, I, we all expected that Max Holloway was going to deliver, uh, which he did. I didn't expect that, that it was going to be delivering in a fight where, like you just said, for 25 minutes, there was never a moment in that fight where I, I didn't feel like Yair had a chance. And I know that Max is as tough as it gets the guy's absorbed an insane amount. Like he's not just a guy that puts crazy volume on you. He also takes a lot of volume and has never been finished. And I thought for, for a pretty good portion of the fight, well, I thought that Yair Rodriguez was throwing the, the bigger shots, landing the bigger shots, landing the more impactful shots. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, um, Max, when he, when he gets started in the first round, he's kind of feeling you out. That's the time to go at him. And Yair went at him. Like his his kicks, like chopping chopping the calves, um, throwing throwing the hands behind it. Like he's he's very, very fast. Um and he caught Max a few times. Uh you could tell in Max's eyes, like he there was a, there were some times when his eyes were kind of, you know, going different ways, you know. Um 
And after the first round, I was like, I'm not sure Yair can keep that up. But he just right. kept kept it going with the pace. You know, Max, of course, started to get going uh, after the first round. You know, the striking numbers went up. But Yair was was there. Like, sure, Yair's numbers, uh, striking numbers went down some. But Yair was in the fight. He was still throwing big shots. He was still chopping at the calves. Um, you know, I felt like Max was a few shots away uh, in that calf from going from like going down. But that just goes to show how tough Max is. Like after the fight, Max is walking around like nothing ever happened. I'm like, bro, how? <laughs> uh, it, it was just a crazy fight. I mean, I learned so much about Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, I can't wait to see him back. I mean, I'm sure we won't see him for a while because his foot was twice the size the size of my foot, yeah. and I wear a probably size broken, 13, right? So. Like I think that's what the yeah, assumption it, was. Oh yeah, his fur, his foot was black and blue, and it was uh, three times the size of his foot originally. So it's got to be broken. Uh, if not, he's going to be out for a while with uh, with how uh, bad his foot looked. But um, just a crazy fight, you know. Max showed you know that he's. Uh, good everywhere. You know, when he needed to uh, really solidify this win, he went to the grappling. And, you know, those those takedowns, the submission attempts, you know, all of that uh, won him those those championship rounds. And, you know, that's why Max is a, is a former champion. You know, he's been in five-round fights. He knows how to navigate his way through a five-round fight. And he knows what's going to uh, impress the judges. So um, for him to, to, to get those takedowns in a fight that was pretty close going into the championship rounds, you know, it just goes to show, man, Max, he's got it all. There are a million options for Conor McGregor right now. Um, if you're if you're the UFC looking at 145, like you have no options as far as staying in the division with Volk or Holloway, right? Like you can make the Holloway Conor fight, and I guess throw somebody else at Volk just for the sake of like having another challenger. But I mean, it's it's those two guys. <laughs> there's nobody else. There's nowhere else to go for either one of them. Yeah, there's. I mean. Max can go up and entertain super fights. Um, but as far as 145 goes, like it's those two, like the gap in between Volkanovski and Holloway uh, and the rest of the division is just, is it's, I'm not gonna say it's insane, but there's a clear gap. Like if, even if Max were to go and fight Conor McGregor, like who's the next guy for, for Volkanovski? Like, who are you going to give him? Like, you really have to like wait and see how the division plays out. But Volkanovski doesn't want to wait. Like Volkanovski wants to fight someone like he's even caught at, at first. He wasn't entertaining the idea, but now he's like, I'll fight Henry Cejudo, you know, like because he wants to be active. Um, you know, Max Holloway is going to need some time, I'm sure. Uh, maybe not as much time as a like a Yair or somebody, but, I, you know, he's going to need some time after a, after a five round banger like that. So, you know, Volkanovski still saying that he wants to he wants to fight someone. He wants to be active. Um I wouldn't be surprised at this at this point if uh, Cejudo's the next the next guy for Volkanovski because like you know Giga Chikatse and um, Calvin Cater's they're January. fighting next year yeah January um, uh, Arnold Arnold Allen I think he's hurt but he hasn't been he hasn't fought anyone right uh, you know and then Barbosa's lost like there's there's not really any you know clear guy that you could throw at Volkanovski so. Um, if Max Holloway doesn't want the fight, which I would love to see that fight again, I think that there needs to be some clarity of to who the better guy is. I mean, the first fight, Volkanovski won clearly. The second fight was was close, but uh, I do think Max won. But I'm not I'm not mad that Volkanovski won at all because that fight w- was that close. But you know, I would I'm not mad at um, them running it a third time. And not only was that second fight close, but Max Holloway's beaten two top five contenders, so he's. Yeah. 
earned his way back. Yeah, I mean, it's he's beaten Cater and Yair. Uh, the only other guy that's in the same conversation as those guys is the guy that um, that Volk just beat with Ortega. And uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's just I, 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 the only name I would have thrown out, but like you just referenced his, his fight with Cater in January is, I mean, maybe Giga just because he has a lot of momentum, but there's nowhere else to go. Otherwise, I mean, I get, you know, Korean zombies out there. Uh, he lost Ortega last year, right? I mean, that was what got Ortega the, the title shot. Um, so, I mean, I guess you, you know, he's a big draw that I guess you could potentially throw at one of the two guys. But, I mean, if, if both of those guys are going to stay at 145 for their next fight, I believe it's against each other. I, I don't think that yeah, we will see be, both of sure. them fight separate 145ers because there's just no options. Yeah, there there is there's <laughs> no other options for those two. Like, if, if Max Holloway fights another fight at 145, and it's not for the title, like, at this point, you're just like, what are you doing? Because yeah. even with the Yair fight, he didn't have to take that fight. Like, when he pulled out, um, of when they were supposed to fight in July, nobody would have been mad if, if it just would have been uh, Volkanovski and uh, Holloway for the title again. But for him to just go back and, and take that uh, title, or the, take that fight with Yair, uh, and then win, you know, now at this point, you don't want to see him fight any of these other contenders. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Volkanovski, there's a, for Volkanovski, there's a clear number one contender, and it's Max Holloway. But there's no number two contender. There's no number number three. Like it's Max Holloway, or you have to just wait for this division to to come up with another uh, number one contender for you. Yeah, and I mean, look, Yair. I feel like is probably going to be out for a while. Um, I, I think Brian Ortega is probably going to be out for a while, considering you know the, the fight that he just had with uh, Volkanovski. Uh, there's just yeah, there's not even any other options to entertain like maybe running something back or like it's just there's nothing. If those two guys, next fight, is going to be at 145, it's against each other. Maybe you see Volk fight somebody random and Max goes and does the Connor thing at another weight or something, but there's no way that both of those guys in their next fight will fight somebody at 145 if it's not against each other. That's my prediction. Uh, that's a, I think that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is for sure um, what is, what, what the, what's going to happen. I mean, there's no other way for them to go. I mean... If if Max doesn't fight Volkanovski, it's because he's moving up to fight a Conor McGregor or somebody uh, yeah. of that magnitude. If 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 it's not if it's not that, then he's fighting Volkanovski for the title. Yeah, I mean that that's it. <laughs> yeah, and if look and again, even if it, he is fighting somebody at one forty five, the only the only person that you could probably make a, a an argument for is the same person that you would make an argument that would fight Volk for the title if it's not Max, right? Like I'm just, I'm not saying that there's anybody like that, but I'm saying. If you're going to make an argument for one of them to fight anybody, like that, whoever that person is, it's the same argument for the other guy too, right? So, Should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ex exactly. So if this, if this, if said person uh, is in the running to fight Max Holloway, he should just get a title shot, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like say Giga beats uh, Cater in January, right? Like, okay, so do you give Giga to Max or do you give him to Volkanovski? And who does the other person fight if that's the case? <laughs> like, there's nowhere else to go. There, think, there's like they're gridlocked. Like those two guys have to settle that. Yeah, they they have to settle it. Um, I, as much as I want to see Max fight Connor, I, I think that fight's gonna be there for for those guys. Yeah. Uh, I think with uh, with Volk and Max, like that fight is so good. Uh, and I think we uh, I think we haven't really given it the um, the respect it deserves because in the first fight we just thought. You know, this is just another title defense for Max. Like he's gonna run through this guy, greatest featherweight of all time. But he got beat, yep. and we didn't appreciate. We still didn't appreciate how good Volkanovski was because we were like, okay, they're gonna rematch. Max is gonna win. You know, everyone loves Max. 
uh, and then there was a there was a decision where either guy could have won. So you still don't don't give Volkanovski the respect that he deserves. I think we're just now starting to give Volkanovski the respect he deserves because he beat someone other than Max Holloway. He beat Brian Ortega, and and it was a fantastic fight. And then Max goes and he's he puts on a spectacular performance against Cater, and then a, a fight of the year contender with with Yair. So the 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 want for that fight between Max and Volkanovski is at an all time high now. Yeah. Everyone's going to want to see that fight. Everyone wants to see like who is legit the better guy. I think it doesn't get its credit because a like you said a little bit of controversy. You know, fight could have gone either way, uh, but a little bit of controversy. Most people felt like Max won. He didn't get the belt, so automatically, I think that fight is discounted from how good it was because of the result. But secondly, it's because of the star power, right? Like the guy that lost is the superstar. And, you know, yeah. like you just said, Volk's super underrated. So I think anytime you have a great fight like that where the result goes with the superstar being on the wrong end of what people feel like is a questionable decision, like th- how good the fight is gets completely swept under the rug for the aftermath of it. Absolutely. Like, Max is such a star. He's he's a fan favorite at the same time. He doesn't talk shit. He just goes out there and fights and uh, on to the next. Like, he's... Um, he he's such a big star, and we weren't like people just were hating Alexander Volkanovski just because he beat Max. Yeah, there was no other reason. Like it wasn't something that he said uh, in the media. You know, it wasn't some type of antics that he's doing. Uh, like it, all it was was that he beat Max Holloway. People love him that much, and uh, he's been underrated for 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 a long time. He was probably uh, until he beat Ortega, one of the more underrated champions in the entire UFC. But now that he's beat Ortega, uh, he's he did something separate of Max. Uh, people are starting to uh, to really appreciate what Volkanovski brings to the table. No question. All right, uh, we've we've got to still make picks for Saturday and finish uh, looking at this fight card. Um, not a lot of blockbusters. I mean, Marcos Rogério de Lima gets the finish over Ben Rothwell. Uh, Felicia Spencer gets the finish over Leah Letson. Uh, I think the the fight that we both felt like outside of the main event was uh, the, you know, the fight to see chaos Williams, Miguel Baeza. And, you know, we talked about it uh, Baeza. I think we both felt like Baeza was the better, more well-rounded guy, but if he took the same sort of shots that uh, was a Ponzinibbio that he fought last that he took yeah. against Ponzinibbio, like you're not going to be able to withstand chaos Williams power the same way. And ultimately that's what happened, right? Chaos lands the big shot and fight over. Yeah, man. You know, I think Baeza was, was kind of on his way, not not to winning easily, but I think he had the the right game plan to uh, edge out a decision because it was it was a close fight. But I think uh, Baeza was really um, doing some some damage to his to his calves with the kicks. Um, but he started he he traded with Chaos at a, at a bad time when when Chaos still had power. Um, he landed two good uh, calf kicks and he kind of stayed in the pocket. And uh, Chaos is explosive and he's got a lot of power. So. Um, he landed those kicks, and uh, you know DC always says it. You know he took he took pictures. You know he he kind of just stayed there and, and admired his work instead of like staying on his uh, on his bike and, and moving around. You know, um, in the first round he was doing a good job of that, just moving around, not letting uh, chaos get set to throw something uh, with, to throw something explosive. Uh, but after those kicks, he just kind of stayed there in the pocket, and chaos uh, made him pay. I th- I think he thought it was a uh, I think Baeza thought it was a premature stoppage. Uh, and look, you can argue on on these like how premature some of them are, but I think anytime you see a guy get hit with a shot, and when he goes down and his leg is folded underneath him, like regardless of your 
wits and all of that, like when you watch a guy go down and his leg is folded underneath him, the impression that anybody has is like, okay, well, that wasn't graceful whatsoever. You're done. <laughs> Fair or unfair? Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like look, the, re- the referee's number one job is to protect these guys. And when you see a guy go down like that, he doesn't need to be, he doesn't need any follow-up shots, hammer fists, any more brain damage. Like, uh, chaos hits hard, man. Like, uh, you should be thanking the ref that he stopped it. I mean, I know you're, you're a young fighter, and uh, this is your second loss in a row. You have a lot of potential. But, man, uh, when you take a shot like that, you should, um, uh, you should not want to take more shots. Because, you know, he's a young guy. You know, you've got a, you've got a long time coming in this sport. You don't want to shorten it with <laughs> yeah. taking more shots. And, that, and I, that's the reason why everyone is so upset with Herb Dean. Because, you know, Ben Rothwell... And uh, and Delima, Delima was rocking him uh, up against the cage. Uh, ben Roth, like Ben Rothwell took t- way too many shots. Like Herb should have been went in there and, and stopped it. But for him to go in there and and to touch him and then like back back off, like like bro, no. Ben Rothwell is rocked. The only reason why he's still standing is because he's on the he's on the cage. Like bro, go stop that. <laughs> it was it was so weird. I was I was even texting you watching it. Like, dude, you either have to stop the fight. Or let it go, but don't get in the middle. Like, either stop it or get the fuck out of the way. Like, you can't, like, insert exactly. yourself into the middle of it and let it keep going. Like, you have to do so. You have to make a decision there. And it was, yeah, I, I just, I, Herb Dean, I don't know where his head was. And it was it was almost like he was looking for, De, like, Delima to, like, tell him, like, yeah, go ahead and stop, right? Like, Delima's like, come yeah. on, man, stop the fight. And then Herb's like, oh, okay, I guess I should. Like, he stopped it and then he let it go. And then, like, Delima's like, dude, you need to stop it. And then he's like, okay. And then, like, stop. It was so weird. Was like, <laughs> he, like, had no control in there. It was bizarre. Yeah, you know, and, and Herb Dean for, for so long has been, like, the, the gold standard when it comes to refs. But these past few years, man, like, going back to even Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler, uh, that whole debacle, I think that's the that's what originally started this whole thing with Herb Dean. But just he hasn't been good uh, as of late, man. Just he hasn't been sure of himself. Um, like, Rothwell was completely rocked up against the fence. And like I said, it, he that fight should have been stopped well before he went in there. And he made he made the decision. Like you said he didn't make a decision. He made the decision to go in there yeah. and stop it. He touched he touched him. <laughs> right. But and then just like I guess like Ben Rothwell's I'm not gonna say he even seemed like he was okay, but he grabbed a hold of him uh, of of Delima, but his legs were still gone. Like he he was he went to the floor just just grabbed a hold of him, and then Herb was like, "Oh, maybe he's okay." Like, no, yeah. you made the decision to stop right. the fight. Stick with your decision. Don't second guess it. It's it's the right stoppage. No one's gonna be mad at you for going in and stopping that fight because Ben was taking a tremendous amount of damage. But now everyone's giving Herb shit because it was just a, it was just an entire shit show of what it turned into. You 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 go in there and you touch him, you back off. Like, come on, man. Yeah. You're supposed to have control. He had no control. Yeah, and look, like, I think. For me, at least, I won't speak for everybody. I would, I would probably rather see a premature stoppage and us argue about man, you, you know, like that guy stopped it too soon. He should have let him go. Than a guy that inserts himself into the middle of it and then removes it and then like this is a dangerous sport. You can't have guys in the octagon not knowing whether the fight is off or on because <laughs> devastating blows could happen to either guy when they don't know if it is or isn't happening. Right, like. If you stop it, you have to stop it. You can't have one guy being like, oh, yeah, it stopped, and the other guy thinking it's still going. And then, you know, Matt, like, people get really hurt in this sport. You cannot half-ass your way through any of this. Like, 
either stop the fight or get the fuck out of the way. Like, you, you can't do both. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I can't even imagine, like, say, say there was a scenario where, you know, Ben Rothwell, you know, uh, recovered. And Delima is like looking at her being like, you stopped that, didn't you? And then Ben Rothwell just lands, lands like a, a haymaker KO, yeah. <laughs> and then knocks him out. How shitty would that have been? Like, that would have been horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, like breaks his, what, what if he like breaks his orbital on a, on a punch <laughs> that Delima is like looking at him like, wait, did you stop it or no? I'm confused. And then Rothwell like, you know, hits him so hard that he, he breaks a bone and the guy's out for like a long time and can't make money. And it wouldn't even it wouldn't even necessarily be Ben Rothwell's fault because right. he's in a he's in a fight. He's just been getting his right. head bounced off the cage for the last thirty seconds. He's like, Oh shit, it stopped. Uh, I can hit him. And then he just hits him. So it still all falls on Herb Dean. Like you have to have control of the situation. Um I think uh Herb is still one of the better refs. I think he's just he just hasn't had a good stretch as of late. I don't know what he needs to do to get back, but uh, you know, it's 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 sad to see. Uh, a ref who's been so highly regarded for years kind of go downhill. Um, but I hope he gets it back together. Man. Yeah. Herb's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, Song Yudong had a finish uh, to start the main card. I did not get to see, and I haven't had the chance to to go through and watch all the prelims. I caught bits and pieces, but I was shocked when I saw Tiago Moises lost the feature prelim. Man, um, I didn't know much about this uh, Joel Alvarez guy, but... Uh, when I saw them on uh, on the weigh-ins, uh, on the stare-downs, this guy looked gigantic. Like, he looked like he wasn't even in the same weight class. And, and sure, he's missed weight, but he looked like uh, like maybe two weight classes uh, bigger than Tiago Moises. Like, I was, surpri- I was shocked at how big the guy looked. And, and in the fight, man, uh, his shots definitely was having an effect on Moises. Um, and the way that he finished him, it was... Uh, it was it was crazy, man. Uh, Joel Alvarez, I think he's ranked now in the lightweight division. Uh, it you know he's got a lot of potential. If he gets his weight under control, uh, I think he's going to be a problem because that guy is massive. Yeah, uh, just another 155er that like, look at this guy. He was unranked and nobody was even talking about him, and then he does this and holy cow. Um, anything else you want to hit from that card before we transition into this weekend's fight card? Man, uh, I got to give uh. Props to uh, Andrea Lee, man, because uh, the way that she went out there and and basically dispatched of uh, Cynthia Calvillo, who um, w- who's one of the top girls in the division. Uh, Andrea Lee's on a run right now, and uh, she's she's definitely um, on the on on her way to maybe getting a title shot with performances like that. Yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's definitely likely that she can be uh, opposite of Valentina Shevchenko uh, really soon. And I got I gotta I gotta mention this, you know. We were talking about Kennedy uh, and Zetchiku last yeah. <laughs> last week. We were we were talking about how um, when he gets hurt, he's got the guy exactly where he wants him. So when he took that first elbow and he kind of was wobbled, uh, I was like, "Yep, he's got him exactly where he wants him." And uh, it wasn't until the fight was actually stopped when he was unconscious that I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." It's like, Damn, <laughs> Kennedy, guess. come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo, I think, was uh, top five. Going into that fight with yeah. Andrea Lee, so yeah, she was top five at the time. Yeah, yeah, big win for Andrea Lee. All right, uh, UFC Fight Night forty three. Vieta Tate is our main event. You ready to make some picks? 
Yes, sir. All right, your favorite division in the sport right now, uh, the Bantamweights, is where we start the main card. Adrian Yanez, 14-3 and three overall. Davey Grant, 11-5 and five overall. Oddshark.com has Yanez, minus 260, plus 200 for Davey Grant. Man, I love this fight. Uh, I think that we're going to see Yanez tested. Uh, and we saw him tested uh, in his last fight. Um, I forget who it, is, who it was against. But... Um, he he struggled in that first round. He started really slow, and then he got a knockout, I think, in the second round. Um, I think Davy Grant's going to test him when it comes to uh, his grappling. You know, Davy Grant, I remember his last fight with, with Cheeto Vera and how how good of a fight that was, how how uh, Cheeto had to really dig deep because Davy Grant just wouldn't go away. Uh, Davy Grant really took it to Cheeto in the first round. I expect this fight to be kind of similar, uh, except um, – can Yanez uh, keep Davy Grant off of him, uh, especially in, uh, early on? And then can Yanez uh, land that strike? Because if not, you know, Davy Grant's not going anywhere. So uh, I, I love this fight. I, I do think Yanez is going to get it done, but I think it's going to be his toughest test uh, thus far. But, you know, Yanez has got a lot of potential and he's very spectacular. So I think he'll get it done. I'm a big fan of Davy Grant. Um, his uh, comeback win against Jonathan Martinez was was fantastic. Um, you know, speaking of great fights, Adrian Yanez, Randy Costa was awesome for Randy as long Costa. as it lasted, right? Like, that was an yeah. awesome fight that was back and forth, and that was kind of the one that, that you know, when you start talking about the 135ers, you know, even outside the current rankings that could easily have a number next to their name, that went over Randy Costa, I think, for everybody kind of punctuated Yanez being in that same conversation. Uh, I'm with you. I think this is kind of going to be the, you're going to have to dig down deep and uh, and just, you know, overcome some adversity to win this. But I, I, I think Adrian Yanez is a bright star in this division and big things ahead of him. So ahead for him. So Adrian Yanez for me. All right. We have uh, females, female flyweights. In fight number two of the main card, Joanne Wood, 15 and 6 overall. Talia Santos, 18 and 1 overall. I was kind of surprised to see these odds, Will. Santos minus 300 plus 220 for Joanne Wood. By the way, are we, did we get rid of the Calderwood? Because <laughs> I, I, I guess I missed it. Yeah, so she got married to her coach who's named uh, John Wood. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so she just got married, uh, okay. I think like three days ago. And her coach's last name is Wood, so okay. she's she's going with Wood. I didn't know if it was like <laughs> we just cutting out the Calder part now. Like what happened here? <laughs> I, I actually was kind of surprised that they didn't go Calder Wood Wood. I think that would have been hilarious. Calder Wood Wood, yeah. <laughs> Wood but, Calder uh, Wood. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm I was I, I'm actually surprised by these odds too because uh, Joanne has fought uh, the who's who of uh, 115 and 125. Um, she got all the experience on her side. Uh, I will say Santos has looked really good as of late. Uh, she's only got one loss on her record. Um, she looked really good against Roxanne out of Ferry. Uh, I, I just don't think that Joanne's going to be able to, um, uh, hurt her like with her, with her punches. Um, I think, um, Joanne's going to be relying on volume. Uh, but I think Santos is just, um, I think with her potential, um, I think she's, on another level, uh, as good as Joanne's been for so many years, uh, I think Santos is just on an upward trajectory right now. So, yeah, 
Uh, my pick's going to go with Santos, but I do think these odds should be a lot closer. Same. I, I'm, I'm on Santos' side here as well. I, I do think the odds should be closer. I think everything you said is spot on. Um, I could see a path here where Joanne potentially like wins on the scorecards with volume, uh, which is why I don't think the odds should be this significantly in favor of Santos. But, uh, yeah, I, think, I, I can't really add anything to what you said. Talia Santos for me as well. All right, we have more bantamweights on this card. Uh, it's, it's full of them. Um, we have Ronnie Yaya, 27-10-1 overall, and uh, Kayung Hokang, 17-8 and eight overall. Oddshark.com has Yaya, minus 130, Kang Hyung Ho, plus 110. Now, this is a fight where I think the odds should be a little, uh, a little wider. Um, I think uh, Ronnie Yaya is... Uh, I think he's as solid. I think he's really solid. He's a solid vet. He's been around him for a while. Uh, he's he's pretty solid everywhere, but especially with his jujitsu. But he's always down for a for a slugfest. Um, I think uh, I think with Yaya having many ways to win this fight, I think uh, I favor him more. But I think uh, Kang is gonna want to keep this fight standing for sure because Yaya is so good on the ground. But uh, if he can't, then this is going to be a, a, a easy win for Yaya. So uh, my pick's going to be with uh, Ronnie Yaya. Uh, Ronnie Yaya for me as well. Um, uh, two experienced guys uh, that you know have a, a bunch of uh, fights under their belt. Um, but yeah, I just feel like uh, Yaya more complete. Like you said, ground game is a problem, and uh, I just, I mean, outside of you know the other guy always has a chance when you're fighting, but I don't see the path of victory. I guess for Kane, so. Short of landing the big shot, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, all right, uh, we are on the same side of three for three, which takes us to our co-main event. We have welterweights and ranked welterweights. I, to be honest with you, I, I think you could probably make this the main event uh, and and be fine. Um, Michael Chiesa, seventeen and five overall. Sean Brady, fourteen and zero overall. Um, this is a this is a really interesting one. I, I'm curious to see where you go here. Oddshark.com has Sean Brady minus 150, Kiesa plus 120. Yeah, I, I really like this matchup. It's it's not the, um, you know, you wouldn't expect Kiesa to take a matchup like this, being so close to the title shot as he was. Um, he, I think he was one fight away from potentially getting a title shot. He loses to Luke Gay, but he's right back at it against a guy who um, who's undefeated, who's looked uh, really, really good, who looks like he's next. Um you know, you we we talk about Hamzat, but you know, Sean Brady is kind of quietly just working his way uh, up the ranks, and you know he's he's got a number next to his name now. Um, and, but you know, Sean Brady, from what I've seen, like he's really good on the ground. He's he's solid on the feet. He's pretty he's pretty solid everywhere. Um, but I wonder if this is uh, too much of a jump up for him. Um, it, it may not be. He may pass this test with flying colors. But I, I wonder, you know, he, he last fought Jake Matthews, uh, got got a submission win. But I wonder if, uh, you know, this gap or the, not gap, but this jump uh, up in competition from Matthews to Chiesa is, is a little uh, too soon. It, it may not be. But, uh, you know, of course, this is why we're having the fight. We'll see. But I think uh, Chiesa's experience, um, Chiesa with his uh, with his grappling uh I think if he's able to get this to the ground, you know, it's kind of anybody's fight, but I kind of favor Kiesa with his jujitsu and stuff. So um, uh, this one's tough, but, you know, I, I kind of like Michael Kiesa here. Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest with you, I was shocked when Kiesa was the underdog in this fight. Um, 
I mean, it's, you know, the guy has been, I think, an incredibly undervalued fighter. Uh, I mean, the whole time, right? And like you said, I mean, he was really close to a title yeah. shot. And, and you know, Luque, who I, I think is as skilled and well-rounded as anybody in that division happens. But, I mean, otherwise, Kiesa's right there on the doorstep. And it's like, uh, it almost feels like he's being completely discounted because he lost to, you know, arguably outside of Kamaru, the next best well-rounded guy in the entire division. Um you know, on the other side of that, Sean Brady has shown signs of being a, a guy that potentially is where Michael Chiesa is now at some point. Um, I, I kind of thought I was just going to go opposite you here anyway because I need points. I'm behind on the scoreboard, and I'm I'm pretty torn on this one uh, for the most part. I was slightly leaning toward Chiesa just from an experience standpoint, uh, but I'm going to take Sean Brady and and try and uh, snag a point here. I, I I love this fight, and here's the here's the thing I will say. Both of these guys want this thing to happen on the ground, right? Which means we'll probably get an entire stand-up war. And I will say, I, I do favor Sean Brady in a stand-up fight between these two. So, Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I do favor uh, Sean Brady uh, in a stand-up war. Uh, but I, I do think that um, Kiesa has uh, very sneaky takedowns. I agree. Um, so uh, if, if I do expect this fight to be standing for a, for a, for a period of time. Of course, every fight starts standing, of course, but I do think that they'll test um, each other's chins uh, because of the respect they have for each other's ground game. But I right. think uh, if, if the going gets tough um, for, for Chiesa um, on the feet, I do think he has uh, some very sneaky takedowns. And, I, you know, he's, he's gotten pretty much everyone he's fought on the ground at some point. Uh, Neil Magny, uh, Luque, uh, everyone that he's fought, uh, Carlos Condit. So... Um, you know, Sean Brady, he's good, but uh, I think uh, Kies is going to find a way to get him on the ground at some point. All right. Um, I, I, I wouldn't dispute that at all. I, this is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited to see how this one goes. All right, our main event, uh, we have female bantamweights, which uh, gives us, I believe, three total bantamweight fights on the main card. Caitlin Vieta, 11-2 overall. Misha Tate, 19-7 and overall. Uh, Misha Tate is a plus 140 underdog. Caitlin Vieta, minus 160. I thought that I was going to have a harder time picking this one uh, when it was like leading up to this, uh, leading up to it this week. Uh, I thought I was going to have a tough time. But, um, you know, think about thinking about it yesterday and and, and today, uh, I kind of, you know, set it on a pick and I'm, I'm actually pretty confident in it. Um, I, I'll say this first, uh, you know, Misha Tate, there's still a little bit of a question for me about how good that she truly is now coming out of, you know, retirement after being away for um, however many years it was. I think it was five or six years that she was gone. But, uh, you know, she beat Marion Renault, you know, who was on the, you know, had one foot out uh, in her retirement fight. But um, in this fight with uh, Caitlin Vieira, I think that uh, Misha, that like there's a path to victory for Misha uh, with her wrestling, uh, with her championship experience, uh fighting you know she's been in five round fights she's been in, uh, on the big stage um and she's got a she's got a good gas tank her cardio's good she looks like she's in fantastic shape um Vieira, on the other hand she she's while she's a big power puncher and uh she's solid on the feet um she's easy to take down like you remember when um uh what is her name uh Hibas. uh didn't Hibas get her down pretty easily or am I thinking about someone else? I think you're thinking about somebody else. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. 
No, no, no. That's Boss fighting uh, her. That, that's straw weight. I'm thinking about um, God, who did she just fight? Who? Did, uh, Yana Kunitskaya was her last fight. Yeah, Yana Kunitskaya. Okay, so Kunitskaya was able to get her down, and then eventually, as the fight was uh, getting into the later stages, and it was just a three round fight, uh, Kayla Vieira was was kind of like trying to lay on her and was trying to you know buy time. You know, the, her her gas tank was uh was was really was really affecting her towards the end of that fight. So I think uh, there's a path for Misha. I think early on uh, she'll have to be very aware of Vieira's power. But um, I think as this fight goes into the later rounds, especially third, fourth, and fifth, uh, I think Misha Tate, that's when she can pull away. Uh, so my pick's actually going to go Misha Tate. Uh, that's a shocking one to me. I, uh, I thought you were going to be on the other side of this, and I was uh, going to be happy to uh, snag up Misha Tate in the underdog role and uh, hopefully win some points. So you've thrown me a little bit of a curveball. Um, I need points, and if I'm just giving my pick for this fight, I, I would I'd pick Misha Tate also. Uh, I feel like this is at least a manageable margin where uh, I I feel like there's at least a gamble here that I'm willing to take. So um, I'll take uh, I'll take Caitlin for the sake of our competition and needing desperately with limited fight cards remaining to uh, to dig into that lead. Now, I, I did think for sure that you were going to go uh, Kaden Vieira, but <laughs> so I thought I was I was doing good, you know, thinking I was going opposite you. But I mean, it's just hard. You know, I think Misha just has all of the ingredients that uh, Kaden Vieira just really struggles with uh, the wrestling, yes. the gas tank, uh, just I, I think and she's then, I mean, she's just a whole different class of fighter, I think, is where I kind of land on this. Yeah, and then especially with her experience, you know, like uh, Vieira's got she's got potential, but I just think um, when the going gets tough, like you know, the same thing with Yaya Rodriguez. What I thought with Yaya Rodriguez, you know, her her mental toughness, it, it's in question for me after watching that Kunitskaya fight. Um, but you know, this is a this is a big spot for her. Uh, five round fight against five round main event against a former champion. Uh, this could really get her on track. But I think Misha's just been there. She's done that. She's yeah. seen all the best. So. Uh, I think this is a good spot for her. No doubt, man. Well, that, that puts us on the opposite side of the the main and the co-main on Saturday, which I am all for as the person that is currently trailing and uh, desperately hoping to watch you drink a shoey at the end of 2021. I did have this thought earlier, and I shouldn't even say this, but uh, I'm going to knock on wood before I say it. I had this thought, like, what what if Kobe comes all the way back and beats me and I have to do this damn shoey? Uh <laughs> So uh, definitely, if this if these if these fights don't go my way, um, I will definitely be very much locked into these last uh, couple of pay per view cards that we have. Just for the sake of the what ifs, if I get all the points on Saturday, I'm just saying your lead is no longer a comfortable lead. We are officially going into next Wednesday with Will Brewer ahead on the scoreboard, but it is not a it is no longer considered to be a comfortable lead. Just saying. Now, just saying. Now, I'll say these these last couple fight cards have been going have been really good for me because it just seems like the first the first fight that we're opposite on doesn't go my way, but the next one goes my way. Yes, yeah, so you've been getting the, up, the bigger point value fights, and I've been getting the bigger point value. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is that this stays the same way. So I'm kind of predicting now that Sean Brady's going to beat Michael Chiesa, and then Misha Tate's going to come out and, and beat Kevin. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's probably exactly what will happen, and uh, I'll just be disgusted, and I'll end up losing points on the fight card. So that's, yeah. that's the hope, man. All right. Well, um, 
look, I've already picked out what shoe I'm drinking out of, if we're being honest. So let, let's hope that I get these four points on Saturday. Let's not, man. I, I'm, I'm interested. I got I got to see this, man. I, I hope that we're going to video stream this. Of course we are. You know, re- regardless of who it is, even if it's me, uh, and I, I hope it's not, but um, even if it's me, we got to do it. We got to show everyone. Of course um, we do, yes. Me, me being in the lead right now, uh, I'm not even thinking about what shoe it would be. But uh, now that you brought it up, I'm actually thinking like, okay, d- is it a like what shoe am I comfortable pouring beer in? Dude, oh when God. when this was like my <laughs> when I was like down by 16 or 17 points, I was like, oh well, it's done. I mean, we're we're <laughs> toast. And uh, yeah, I had picked out the shoe at that point. I was like, okay, I guess this will be the one that that we do it with. Now we we have to. Uh, we have to go back and we really have to identify how what what the what the lead is because you know we're still kind of unsure at this point. But I think I think you said earlier that it was thirteen. It, I believe it is thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully, so hopefully, yeah. Um, even if even if I do lose four points, I, I'll still have a, a nine or ten point lead. But like you said, it'll still it'll be uncomfortable. Uh, you know, me being ahead 15, 16 points, I'm kind of just you know yeah yeah. Having, you know, I'm cool and everything, but you know, it, it could, it could turn. I mean, we get to that margin. It's, I mean, we're one main event away from like it literally going either way. Yeah. And so I had this thought earlier and I'm not even going to go into detail about what this thought is, but I'm thinking about the, the last hip review on this on, uh, it's on my birthday, December 11th, UFC 269. I had this thought of, of, of something that you're going to do. Uh, and, I don't know if you'd actually do this, but I have I have an idea. But if you if you were to do something like that, that would be uh, it would be crazy. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but if if you actually do that, it would be insane. <laughs> well, here okay, here's what we have left to close 2021. Right, we have this card that we just made our picks on. We have a week off, and then the day before my birthday, uh, which is December 5th, on December 4th we have F- the Font Aldo card. A week later, we have the final pay per view of the year, which is uh, Oliveira Poirier. And then the final card after that is uh, the Derek Lewis Kyle Dawkins card. I feel like uh, so. I feel like we're going to be on the opposite sides of a couple of those main events for sure. Depending how this weekend goes, maybe all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Out of necessity, so I mean, like, there's a chance. I mean, if this goes your way as well, I mean, we could also be having this conversation. If this goes your way as well. I mean, it virtually guarantees we're on the opposite side of every one of them. So, yeah. So you know, I'm hoping that uh that this goes my way. I'm st- and I'm I'm starting to get a little uneasy just at the thought. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping it goes my way. Yeah. I mean, I I had the thought like, would I go buy a new pair of shoes <laughs> to do this with? But I was like, I'm not spend- I'm not gonna buy a new pair of shoes to like drink a beer out of. Like I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna be a man and I'm gonna drink out of a pair of shoes that currently exist in my closet. Um you know, so yeah, I've already got them picked out. Now I don't know what it would be. you know, I have I have so many shoes, man. Uh I don't know what shoe I would be comfortable pour- pouring beer in or or spitting into. But you know, if if I have to do it, it might soften the blow if I have some uh some bacon wrapped bacon wrapped jalapenos. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you lose, you know what? Uh, I, I will let you come over and do it here, and and I will give you bacon wrapped jalapenos. Uh, yeah, I will do that for you. 
If I lose, I um, you're not coming over here. <laughs> You'll have to just watch it via video. Because <laughs> I curse you every step that's, of the way. <laughs> that's fair, my brother. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you can come over, but I won't be happy about it. And I'll demand you leave as soon as it's over. <laughs> You know, me and me and little man can can, can watch you, man. We can uh, yeah. have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> like now, you gonna be like now, Daddy? Why are you drinking out of a shoe? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I walked into speaking of little man. I walked into my uh, my studio yesterday. Not even to like sit down and do anything uh, like podcast or radio related. I just had to get something out of there. And he was following me, and I walked in, and he he just said, "Are you about to podcast with Will?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no. I'm. Uh, I just got to get something." But it's like, all right, well. He he little listens man. or watches. He knows. Yeah, yeah, little man. That that's my homie, man. That's <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Every time he says, uh, "He's tall." Yeah, so, yeah, like when I, when I came over last time, he looked, he looked at, uh, he looked me up and down, and he when he looked up, he kept going <laughs> up like, "Wow." Right. <laughs> <laughs> little man. Uh, that's my guy. Little man. Yeah, he'll probably get a kick out of seeing me drink out of a shoe. So. Absolutely, and they'll probably ask, like, "Can I drink out of my shoe?" Oh, good I feel lord! Like kids are right. just like that. <laughs> yeah, or he'll be at uh, at school telling his teachers that daddy drinks out of a shoe, and that'll be a fun one to explain. Oh man, this is gonna be awesome! I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I think now, like, you just have to lose. You have to. This is, it. It all just works out better if you lose. This is what sparks the comeback, Will. This is what sparks the comeback, man. Uh, enjoy the fights Saturday, and uh, we'll do it again next week. All right, man. Have a good one. Podcast is over.